Pulp MX Network production. Pulp MX fans, we're 550 plus shows and counting thanks to your support of our sponsors. Get the Pulp MX app for iOS and Android today. Save money with discount code PULPMX at btosports.com and click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com for all other online purchases. It's the BTOsports.com Steve Mathis Show, presented by Fox Racing on RacerXOnline.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. BTOsports.com, your number one retailer for anything you need for your bike or body. Use the code PULPMX to save yourself money when you check out from BTOsports.com. And, uh, of course, Fox Racing, Foxhead.com, 2015 stuff out now. Brand new uh, 40-year retro stuff that uh, Dungy was rocking at the uh, Monster Cup is available now. And uh, Foxhead.com. All new uh, MIPS technology in their helmet, Instinct Boot, Airspace Performance Goggle. So why don't you get the Fox stuff from BTOsports.com. Use the code PulpMX and kill two birds with one stone, why don't you? Um, thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate it. I'm your host, Steve Mathis, um, as usual. With me on the line, a trio. A trio of uh, a great men. Uh, they started something. They built up on Legend, and uh, they moved on, and now they're all doing different things. I thought it would be fun to go back to a different time in moto and find out a little bit more about what what went on with the PJ1 Extreme Yamaha team from 1996. I was a member of it for a little bit, but the guys that really know about it are on the line now. First up, uh, a, a racer on the team. Uh, him, him and his father had something to do with setting it all. We'll get into that more. Uh, Alex McKellier. What's up, Alex? Hey, Steve. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate it. No problem. Happy to happy to connect with uh, with you and uh, Bud and Patio for a trip down memory lane. Yeah, I'm sure you still have you know the posters on the wall, and you you know you you look at the the, the bikes fondly. I'm sure. <laughs> my, my claim to the motocross fame hanging in my garage. Yeah. Also on the line, he's at Oakley Sports uh, Motorsports Marketing, uh, probably the head of something or another at Oakley. Uh, former factory mechanic, former PJ One team member, Anthony Paggio. Page, what's up? What's shaking, Steve? Thanks for doing this. What's up, guys? What's up, Padge? Um, yeah, Padge, I bet you never really thought you'd ever have to do like a little podcast about the PJ1 team, but here we are. I, we talked about it before on that last podcast we did. I know. So if Rossi calls you... You, you, or... left, out my, you left out in my opening there, uh, ex, ex-professional motocross racer. Why do you always leave that out on me? I forgot. That's my claim to fame. Seventh Tampa, 93, I forget, always. It's Seven, six. Let's get the result (laughs) too. I'm sorry. Unreal, man. Uh, um, Well, you told me you used to beat Ferry, and I just I refuse to believe that. I I can't call Ferry up. Call the red up. (laughs) Also on the line, former factory rider, the man who this team was built around, and uh, now super agent to the stars, Jimmy Button. Jimmy, thanks for coming on board. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Uh, It's always fun to have these calls and and. Like you said, go down memory lane and uh, remember when, you know, motocross was a little bit uh, of a different beast back then than it is now, that's for sure. Yeah, it is, right? I don't know if something like this could get started again. Like I said before we hit record, 
I did one of these with the Great Western Bank guys. Uh, they went over pretty well. They seemed to enjoy themselves that year and uh, over on that team. And this was the other team uh, with some bitchin' bikes, by the way. But let's get started first of all. Okay, Jimmy, 1995, you lose your, your 1994, you lose your support ride from Suzuki despite some good results. And you, my factory ride. Factory ride. Sorry, ride. sorry. You head over. Yeah, to, you head to, now. You head to Europe. You ride the '95 season for an Italian Honda team with some pretty good results. Um, what made you get a hold of Alex or get this team going? How did the How did this team start? You were probably the reason why, right? Yeah. So it was it was crazy, and I I, I want to preface this with there is no way in hell. You could ever do this in the current day structure of things. It just wouldn't work. Right. So I had um, I had come home from the Grand Prix. Um, you know, after my last Grand Prix, I flew home. I went to Steel City. Uh, my buddy MC was going to wrap up his first, uh, and I guess it ended up being his only outdoor championship. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went there, hung out. I went and talked to a bunch of guys because obviously I wanted to come back. You know, I wanted to come back and race Supercross and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of be home, obviously, because living in Italy for a year. Although now I look at it differently than I did then. Um, you know, I wanted to be back home racing Supercross, racing against all my friends, yada, yada, yada. Right. So I was talking to a bunch of people and, you know, just kind of one of those things and it wasn't nothing was really sticking and so i went back to europe and we did uh you know kind of the normal off-season european races like sapriti fast cross bercy barcelona those types of things Mm -hmm. and so i rode pretty good at those races and got me thinking it's like okay well i've been off of supercross for a year i still did okay like obviously i wasn't at the level that i was the year before but like if I stay in Europe one more year, like mm-hmm. it's never going to happen. If I stay <laughs> right. one more season, like I'm done. You're going to you know, be I'll you're going to be 24 years old at that point and I'll just I'll end up riding the rest of my career in in Europe and I I really didn't want to do that and I had a really good offer to go ride for uh for Yamaha basically on a Chesterfield bike. Mm-hmm. And so that was, you know, basically I could have gone back, rode 125 Grand Prix again on a really good bike and so I was pretty far down the road with Yamaha, and Keith uh, McCarty, you know, knew what was going on. And so I called him and said, hey, you know, could I get some, you know, could I get some support from you guys and maybe ride Supercross? Right. And, you know, like a day later or whatever, he came back and said, yeah, you know, I'll give you bikes and parts. We'll run it through this thing, you know, this Burnsville Yamaha deal or whatever back east in Minnesota. And all this other stuff. So, you know, through a few more phone calls and uh, faxes back then, um, you know, the whole thing started to come together. And, you know, myself and, and Alex were living about three miles apart at the time, and we were riding together mm-hmm. nearly. I think, Alex, you might chime in here. We were riding together, I think, almost every day because me and Alex had built a Supercross track together. Okay. So we were, you know, there was like a hour travel distance in between our house and the track every day. And so we got an hour down there, hour back, and obviously we're talking about all this stuff left, right, and center. And, you know, it just, everything just kind of started to build a little momentum. And, um, you know, his dad was, you know, one of the best individuals you would ever come across in your life. And he's like, hey, I got this trailer and I got this fifth wheel and, you know, let's, you know, let's put this thing together. Like, let's, you know, let's just make this happen. 
And so I think, you know, a lot of it happened because everyone just kind of said, the hell with it, we're going to do this. And we're going to, you know, we're going to kind of figure it out along the way. And we ended up with some pretty decent support with bikes and parts. And, you know, Mitch was cool about giving stuff. And uh, obviously Yamaha was, and then the Burnsville guys were doing stuff. And so extreme, at, uh, the extreme so- gear guys, you know, they came in and, and you know, they, they're the ones that designed the bike up and gave the gear and did this and did that. And it slowly just, it really slowly just started to turn into a real program. Well, so, okay. So at some point Burnsville must've called Keith and said, we want to help somebody. And that, that's how that came together. Obviously who knows? Yeah, yeah. I, I think part of the whole deal was, uh, Corey was riding for, uh, riding for Burnsville. Right. And so since our bikes and parts were going to, flow through those guys obviously okay. it wasn't like a backdoor deal at yamaha yeah so uh i that was like part of the program and keeney i think it come off of you know this is going back a lot of years now but i think keeney had come come off a fairly decent season um where he had done okay so it was like yeah you know shoot there's someone else that can make mains kind of makes okay. everything look better for what we're doing and uh, it, it's going to help financially with uh, with getting more money into the team to help pay for mechanic salaries and petrol yeah. and and all the other stuff that goes along with it. So he was like, "Hey, you know, the more the merrier." You know. All right. So and, Alex, uh, um, Alex. Kinda, so how did kind of what kind of what happened? How did so you you your you, your dad obviously uh, backing your career. You're riding pretty well. You're looking to get on a team. How does it come together from your end of things? I mean. Obviously, like yeah. like Jimmy yeah, said, your dad. Yeah, Jimmy kind of nailed it. Where you know he and I were riding, hanging out together, pretty much uh, on, a, on a daily basis. And I had, I had at that point, I was you know more of a local pro. I'd done a couple. Uh, I'd done some two seasons of Supercross, but I wouldn't call them seasons because be a couple races, and I'd hurt myself, and a few more races, kind of thing. So I, I was learning the ropes, trying to follow Jimmy around, learn everything I could. Mm-hmm. And uh, the year before. That national season, we had we had bought um, uh, with my dad's help this big, uh, huge trailer, uh, fifth wheel trailer and truck. And at the time, the the idea was we just kind of throw guys in there who wanted to go to races, and they'd help spread out the cost. And so the year before, we had this trailer with no signage on it, and it okay. was me, Kalos, uh, and a couple other guys from Arizona. And we and Travis Hodges went through some races with us from New Mexico, mm, okay. and uh, and we were just kind of spreading out the cost. So we had this truck and trailer, and and, and I was planning on going into the Supercross season in that same way, kind of a privateer way with some buddies, and uh, and and I was at a Suzuki was was uh, getting that all built up, and this thing, this whole thing happened. The other you know the other part we haven't talked about yet is I think when we before we decided to do this, we were into December, if I remember correctly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Of, of course. The whole right? thing came together in literally a few weeks. In fact, the first time I rode my race bike was a couple days before the first race, maybe the day before press day. Um, so it, it happened in a hurry. Um, and we, so we, you know, from my perspective, we slowly changed gears from this, you know, privateer riding with your buddies thing to, uh, to you know, what was what, what, what came across looking and, and being a really cool team. Uh, but it all happened in a really quick time. Padge, how did you get on? Now, Padge, you started with Keeney as his mechanic. How did that happen? I was actually it started. Uh, Denny Stevenson was need, needed the mechanic. I think Button and all all those guys were all bros, and I was friends with them all. And Denny's dad was going to step out of mechanicing for Denny. Okay. But Denny needed the mechanic, so he called me up. Uh, Stevenson called me up and asked me if I'd work for him. 
And um, I just got done racing and then went to fire college and mm-hmm. did some stuff like that. And so I was back on the road waiting to get hired uh, on the fire department and stuff. And I started helping out uh, Gene Numack, just kind of going ride during the week with him and training and then just helping him out on the weekends until I got back in uh, riding shape. And so it looked like I was a mechanic at that time, just messing around. So uh, Denny Stevenson called me up and said, dude, do you want to just not race anymore or do fire college and be my mechanic? And I'm like, you know what? Until I get hired, yeah, I'll do it. Right. But at the last second, his dad decided not to hang up the wrenches and come back and work for him. So I, it was kind of not a pity thing, but Denny felt bad. Like, right. dang, man, I you know had him stringing him along and all that. So Denny approached me and said, hey, I got something else that's not with me, but Button's putting this team together with, mm-hmm. with Alex and with all this, this whole little deal. And uh, they have a rider on there that needs needs some uh, help, mechanic. So oh. that's how that all started. Were you And you were probably third or four shoulder dislocations into your racing career at this point. Oh, dude, I was <laughs> way more than that. I was probably third or fourth surgery. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> um I had four surgeries before I even quit. Right. Well, we'll get into you riding later on uh, in a little bit, but um, you know, one of the reasons why you may have gotten Jimmy as a as a as a rider too. Um, yeah. So okay, so you could have been on the Great Western Bank team, Padge. That could have been that could have been yeah. epic, right? That 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 could have turned out bad or good. <laughs> something. So let's get the into the Great Western Bank team was awesome. They were so fun and cool, and they were serious. But those guys. Those guys had those guys knew how to have fun. Yeah. I think our team was a little bit more serious with maybe out without the I don't know. Okay, what so, do you think, Button? <laughs> well, I, I I think you know we I don't think we had enough money to be. Super <laughs> That's what I was going to say. We didn't have the backing that they have, but we were more serious than they were. <laughs> right. Um, so okay, let's get into the finances a little bit. I don't know if any either one any of you three on, on the line know, but so like, where did the money come from? Alex, your dad gives the truck and trailer. Does he give cash to <laughs> everywhere? <laughs> yeah. It, it was, I mean, it was a hodgepodge of money coming from everywhere. I mean, Jimmy's stuff was taken care of, uh, as I recall, mostly by Yamaha, and his sponsors. And then we, you know, my dad and I put the truck in, right. You know, Yamaha supported us all through Burnsville to some degree, but you know, some stuff we could take care of, other stuff we had to buy. At least that's how my, my case was. I think it was similar for Kalos. Um, Extreme put some money in to uh, you know to do to do the truck and trailer up, and then I mean I don't know how we were paying all the mechanics and the gas and my hotel. fifteen my fifteen k salary was coming through Burnsville. <laughs> okay, um, yeah. So we we know, uh, and then Jimmy, I think you got the Extreme money, or you dealt with Dale at Extreme, right? Yeah. yeah. So I uh, obviously you know. My ex, my ex wife was the daughter of PJ uh, Harvey from PJ One, so you know PJ gave uh, you know I think I had a credit card to like help pay for whatever needed to be paid for while I was okay. around type of thing. Yeah. Um, and then Burnsville gave uh, and my bad Extreme gave us like a monthly sum of money to pay for. Gas, uh, mm-hmm. I, I think maybe some food. I don't know. And I think maybe I, I put, you know, I think pads. I mean, I think I maybe gave yeah. you the PJ1 credit card to pay for, like, all the drinks and food on the weekends or whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. 
There was no, there was no like, hey guys, this is our budget for X. This is our budget for Y. It was like, hey, we got some money. Let's just pay for what needs to be paid for. So we got to get to the next, you know, the next yeah. weekend. Um, and so, yeah. Jim, and that's why I was saying earlier, there's no way in hell this could ever happen today. It just, no, it, just it, would never happen, couldn't, yeah. it yeah. couldn't fly. Jimmy, did you make a salary from anybody, or were you just making your no. race winnings? You were just. No, no, I, I I left that salary in Italy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. Um, so so we know how Keeney got on the team because of the the Burnsville thing. Alex and Jimmy, I guess you just said, "Hey, Sean, Kalos, you want to join?" And he said, "Sure." Is that how that worked? Well, yeah, Kalos. I think my dad probably has something to do with that. Okay, um, my, so my dad is a huge Jimmy fan, first of all, and also Kalos fan. So all things kind of Arizona, and, and we've been doing a bunch of things. Uh, the previous year or two, uh, Sean and I uh, had been doing some races together, and, and mm-hmm. I think at the last minute it was, you know, my dad kind of brought the subject up and said, you know, it, would, it seems to make sense to have a fourth guy, have two 250 guys and two 125 guys. Okay. Um, and so that's just kind of how that came into play, I think. So everybody used Yeah, and, okay. and you know, the, the, you know, kind of truth be known, and, you know, God, we all know this, that we're, uh, that we're in and around it, and the people that were, you know, watching motocross back then is, Dude, when Kalos wanted to, to turn one on for the afternoon, I mean, dude, he was fast. Right. right. Like, he was bad fast and could go anybody's pace. And then he would just kind of go home, you know? And you, <laughs> yeah, you, never, knew what you, were gonna, you never knew what you were going to get with Sean. But, I mean, dude, there's, yeah. he's still, I mean, still to this day, I would rank him very high on just pure raw talent and be able to yeah, ride a motorcycle, yeah. like, real effortlessly. Right. He's uh he's you know he's an awesome rider and uh you know the days that he really felt it and was in a good mood and wanted to go out and and put it out there, he could he could put the thing in the top five pretty easily. Paz, do you have any Piquetos stories? Ah, uh, and I no, not really. How how did the team? Okay, Jimmy. Cause... I was never linked in really with. I worked with Ke- with Keeney and then yeah. with with Button and Kalos's deal was. He was out of there, but Kalos was. It, it, it seems like Kalos was never around. <laughs> well, like he was part of the team, but he did his own thing, flew on his own deal, came in on his own deal. It just right. So that that's kind of like a blank sheet to me. I'll uh, I'll Great tell guy though. Yeah, really I, liked him. I have a Kalos story from when I got fired to go work for him. I'll tell it later on. It's pretty weird, but funny too. <laughs> but um, so okay, so how does the team all run FMF? But Jimmy, you run Pro Circuit. How does that happen? Uh. I, I I believe if I believe if I remember this whole thing correctly is that everybody was really kind of allowed to do what they wanted would, to do yeah. from like oh, okay. a pipe and silencer and engine yeah. development uh, scenario. Yeah. If I remember correctly, you know, Yamaha yeah. and Burnsville just cared about their their deal, and uh, from a pipe and silencer thing is you know kind of hey whatever you're comfortable with, whoever's going to give you product, go ahead and do it. Yeah, there was a team side, but I mean, it is what it is. Button was the star power, so he yeah. kind of got to do whatever else. And then the right. team was team. Everybody else had to run. FNF. Right. Okay, Alex, do you remember? I always and I still have a graphic kit to this day up in Canada at my mom's house. But Alex, how did the bikes get designed like that, or, or the truck and trailer and all that? Do you did you have a hand in that? How did that? How does anybody know how that look? happened with the yellow flow yellow and all that yeah I, mean, I think it was it was mostly a combination of, of pj1 and extreme being the the main sponsors both okay. of which the yellow was their main color 
So uh, we went with this black and yellow, and we you know we turned our blue Yamahas into being black and yellow, and, and people people really dug it. Oh well, I was going to say the legacy of the team might be that the bikes and gear and everything looked sharp, looked good. Well, <laughs> funny funny thing is a week ago. I I happened to bump into somebody and they asked me about the PJ one thing and that they still they thought that the design and everything was like light years ahead of you know when mm-hmm. it happened but the bike still looks cool even now you know yeah, yeah. whatever yeah, you were twenty years later you know it's uh yeah. it's still a cool looking cool looking bike the the thing I remember too and is Jimmy was the only guy good enough to get a black tank somehow everybody all, we had to yeah. put, we had to put we had to put black back tack over the blue tanks. <laughs> yeah, yep. I remember every race having to change my uh, change the you know black graphic over the blue tank. They get rubbed yeah. off by the racers and, and being envious of of uh, and, yeah. black tank. And Button just mocking everybody with his all black tank that he probably got you know bitch and hook up on. Um, so I think we got that tank. through Yamaha. I actually, I actually got that from UFO in in Europe. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah. Um, so Padge, we know you and I know that mechanics hold this thing together. Where do you first, where do you first come out from Florida to the team, and when is that, and what's the shape of the team when you show up? The shape, uh, man, I don't actually remember the exact like meeting point, and I, I want to say uh, I just after the last race, I think I had somebody just grab one into my toolbox and take it over to to Alex's trailer. Okay, all right, shove it in there, and then. We went on at the very beginning. Everybody, it was kind of every man for himself. Everybody had their own mechanic, and from what I recall, there wasn't a real managerial like person. <laughs> Nobody was like uh, dead in charge or like right, mechanic. Right. Everybody was just kind of like the trailer. The the bikes got in the trailer. They went to the next race, and then everybody showed up at any time they wanted <laughs> or wherever. And, <laughs> pulled out the bike and 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 the, that guy would work on it. it was more of like a almost like a storage trailer with sponsors on the side <laughs> <laughs> yeah. anyway we had that really goofy uh uh canopy that looked cool when it was set up but it took us like three hours to put together everything. <laughs> yeah there was no system i mean from what i recall there was just no system no right it was just kind of like hey everybody pulled right. you know whoever's here grab a pole you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> type, yeah. of, type of deal and it was it was very uh very loose. Yeah, we're, we're one of the few teams where 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 the riders were all doing just as much of that setup work as as anybody right. else. So um, you guys to take your gear off and then help break down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then uh, and Pat, so you were driving truck and trailer uh, with yes. with Cog with that. Yeah, okay. with Cog, and with that being said, everybody, it was it, it was we we kind of quickly found out that there needs to be a little more structure here. <laughs> Like, we can't just have this, this, and you know what I mean? We had no rhyme or reason. It was just a storage trailer going across with sponsors on it and hoping we'd do good. And then, yeah, Cog was there, and we we, you know, we started kind of tightening up the uh, the noose a little bit and, and kind of trying to be a, a more legit team. Now, and G- that's when, uh, Jimmy, that's when uh, Jimmy Cog came from Denny also, I would guess, right? Did, or did you yeah, know him before? Yeah. Okay. So I, I met uh, – I had never met him. I was – trying to find someone that would like basically sign on for this, uh, <laughs> this circus that was about to happen. And, uh, Denny's like, Hey man, he's all, I got this buddy of mine. His name's cog. And, uh, I'm all, his name's cog. Like, <laughs> like really cog. He's all, yeah. He's all, 
King of Goons. King of Goons. Don't you know? And I'm all, <laughs> I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. He's always, you know, he's, you know, he's a cool guy. He's a decent mechanic. And he's, I wouldn't, you know, he's, I wouldn't, you know, throw uh-huh. it your way if it wasn't legit enough. So I called him and we, you know, we kind of hit it off over the phone or whatnot. And I, yeah. I bought him a ticket to Phoenix and bought him a one-way ticket to Phoenix. I picked him up and he started working on my bikes that afternoon. Um, and this is like three weeks or whatever before Orlando Supercross. And at that point, I don't even think, I don't even think the trailer was painted and had logos on it yet. So we still had to drive that thing from Arizona over to, uh, ironically enough, about a mile from where I live now to AP Designs, and AP Designs painted the whole thing up. Oh, okay, all right, yeah. Um, um, and then the boys, you know, we, you know, I did a little bit of testing, and a little bit of suspension, a little bit of this, and then they drove, you know, they drove to Orlando, and basically during the time that they were driving to Orlando, I remember all of us just getting an absolute enormous amount of parts here. <laughs> Uh, suspension, engine parts, um, logos, graphics, this, that, and everything. Everything FedEx to the Fairfield Inn, um, uh, right, right there in Orlando. And I forget, it's the one that was down south by the airport. But, uh, yeah, yeah I mean, just, I remember just being an absolute, absolute cluster in the parking lot of that hotel trying to get all the bikes ready and everything and by the end of like two days of working on it like the team actually like came together before before like the friday press day thing at uh at supercross now alex were you doing 125 east or west i, I was doing 125 east and then riding uh the 250 at most of the races oh west. did you have a mechanic yeah, I did. So my buddy Jay Suarez, who I, I grew up with uh, here in Phoenix, uh, was, was actually a mechanic. He's gone to MMI and was looking for something to do. And so uh, oh, okay. I zagged him into this thing for, I think, the, uh, the the big sum of like $500 a month plus expenses or something like that. Oh, yeah. I know. I was uh, When I joined the team, I was making 300 a week. I had to pay for all my expenses out of that. So that was awesome. Um Padge, uh, uh, you said there was no, you said there was no team manager, but it sounds like Stevenson was a team manager. He got two mechanics on board, so it sounds like yeah. Denny, Denny <laughs> yeah, was team, team manager. Um, he was in charge of personnel. Uh, yeah, Padge, how'd you get along with Keeney? Like, where'd you meet him? Did you know him already? How, how'd that work? I, I, me and Keeney, The only thing I knew about Corey Keeney was uh, I hated him. <laughs> and we raced in the same class at Ponca City, and he landed on me and severed the nerves in my right deltoid. And I just remembered him. I man, I can still picture that. And I I couldn't stand him. But then, uh, and that's all I knew of him. And right. then they asked me to be his mechanic. I'm like, man, dude, I don't not dig that dude. He landed on me. I was all bitter, <laughs> but uh, I put that aside and I met him. He's actually a really he was great. He's a really nice guy. I didn't know him. I just knew him from racing. Right. right. So I didn't know him until I literally showed up to to start working on his bike. So no past history, no nothing. Just hey, right. I'm here and I'm going to start spinning wrenches on your thing. Did Even you know you landed on me? I'll leave the bolts tight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even though I could get you back by leaving your brake caliper loose, I'm going to I'm going to let you yeah. go. Um, uh, and then so how did you and Cog get along, Patch? Because you were driving together. Good. Yeah, that, back then it was you know it was a fun time. Yeah. So you know I mean everybody was just bros and nowhere to be nowhere to i mean just going to the races cruising across the country so yeah things right. were cool he i remember there was a couple t- times he you know he's a tough guy to get along with a little bit when you're with him 24 7 but yeah i 
I just met him, formed a relationship as we're going. We all showed up, basically all showed up to Orlando and said, hey, let's be friends. He's still around. He, he listens to the show, the Pulp Show and stuff, and he emailed me a while back, and he, his sign-off was just COG, King of Goons. He, that's... He's just yeah. He got labeled that, and, and yeah. he ran with it. Yeah, he, he did. didn't have a choice. No, like back then, <laughs> yeah, Denny Stevenson and all those guys. You, it, if you showed that you didn't like your nickname or something, then yeah, that, <laughs> that was it. That yeah, was you're not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jimmy, this was a bit of a gamble for you. In the opening race, I checked the vault. You got last at the opening round. What happened? Yeah, I did get last. You crash out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know what? I actually, I actually like qualified through pretty decent into the main. Remember that was back in the days with like heat races and semis and whatnot. I think I got like a second place in the semi. I did. I'm like, okay, I'm into the show for the first, you know, for the first time in you know uh, what had been almost two years at that point. Right. So I'm like, okay, right, we're in the mix and had like an okay start. And I had a crash, you know, maybe you know halfway through the race or something like that, and I, I was doing decent. I mean, I think, you know, I wasn't quite inside the top ten, but I was kind of hovering there some somewhere about, and, mm-hmm. you know, ended up going down and, you know, didn't uh, didn't have a good finish. But, you know, it was kind of like one of those things that there was a lot of there was a lot of good riders that night that didn't make the main at all. So I'm like, okay, here I am, right. privateer guy, haven't been on a supercross track in a while. I made the main. Not what I, not the finish I wanted certainly, but at least you know I got myself through it and I wasn't really hurt. Um, you know, let's pack it up. We'll go to Houston and see what happens there. Minneapolis or wherever it was. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the PJ One Team Extreme Yamaha Reunion episode with uh, Jimmy Button, Alex McKellia, and Anthony Paggio. Uh, appreciate you guys listening to these this podcast and the, all, all the other ones that we do. Don't forget, btosports.com. Use the code PULPAMX when you check out to save yourself money there. And uh, this is presented by Foxhead, uh, which foxhead.com, we all know Fox Racing. Nothing more to be said there. And, of course, listen to this commercial to save yourself money at Racetech. Using the code PULPAMX2014, you can save yourself money on any suspension issues you have for your own bikes. And uh, so check your suspension and uh, make sure it's serviced and done right by the folks at Racetech. And, hey, by the way, um, today... Had a dog pass away, uh, one of our rescue dogs. My wife and I are involved in the uh, Bassett Rescue here in Las Vegas. And it's never a good day. It's always sad. We've had to do it a few times now. But I just wanted to say, rescue dogs if you can, people. There's lots of them out there, and uh, they need homes. And you, you'll, you'll give them the, last, uh, the best home they've ever had if you just rescue them. Contact your local rescue in your area and uh, pick up one of those dogs. They're, they're very appreciative. They're always great. We've had a lot. And so that's, uh, I'll get off my soapbox now. Just rescue a dog, damn it. Thanks for listening. BTOsports.com, RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Hey, I want to talk about privateers and what they choose for suspension. Yeah, that's right. Some of the top privateers, most of the top privateers out there, choose Race Tech. Long been supporting the world's fastest privateer since 1984. Michael Lieb, Vince Freeze, Chris Blows, Cody Gilmore, and many other guys uh, choose uh, Race Tech Suspension, and they've been along, around a long time, and their their work stands for itself. Don't forget, people, at least uh, change your oil in your new bike. And use Race Tech to do it. Some of that stock oil isn't that good. Uh, Race Tech's the world's largest aftermarket motorcycle suspension modification company. 30 years they've been supplying racers, riders, and tuners with the industry's best suspension products. Paul Thie, the owner of Race Tech, one of the smartest guys out there, and uh, the creators of the do-it-yourself gold valve kit. 
It's a revalve in a box. Racetech.com for a full listing of suspension parts, tools, and information. Racetech. Go there. Make your bike handle better. Do it. Racetech.com. Thanks for listening. Um, Alex, how'd you do at the first round? Uh, you know, I think, uh, if I remember right, it was 10th or 11th in the heat race in the 125, which at the time they took nine to the main. So mm-hmm. I just missed it. was pretty bummed about it, but I was thinking, you know what, first round, no big deal, move on, things will get better from here. But uh, I think that ended up being my best finish in the 125 class that year. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. And, and, and so as the season goes on, Jimmy, you're you're getting back at it. You're, you're doing pretty well. Alex, you hurt yourself at some round, right? And then... You're gone. What 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 happened? What'd you do? Yeah, at uh, at St. Louis, I broke my back. Yes. I ended up having to have uh, you know rods put in my back and vertebrae fused together. So that made it, you know made it most of the way through Supercross, but that was the end of uh, of the season and actually the end of my pro race or pro motocross racing career. Oh shit! So it was a good crash then. It was really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was a big one. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a big one. Um, yep. Now, when you went down, Alex, now you're out. You're injured. I mean, does dad think about, from what I understand, you were, your dad was paying for the gas or and the truck? I don't know. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, it was our truck and yeah. I think I think the gas was a little bit of like, it kind of moved around throughout the year. Okay. I, I think there was funding and then there wasn't. And, uh, but no, I mean, I, I was out. But, uh, you know, we had made a commitment to the team with the truck and trailer for sure. Okay. So, uh, you know, it, it just kept on its merry way. And I, I'd get a, you know, I'd call Jimmy after every race to see how it went. But that, that was the only thing I knew about after that point. I was going to say, Jimmy, were you like, Alex, you're fine. You could race next weekend. Get up. You're good. We need the truck and trailer. <laughs> no, I mean, it was, it was, you know, his injury was, I think, a bit bigger than he's leading on. I mean, it was, I, I remember being, um, uh, being in the stands watching the crash and it was, you know, it was like one of those things like, oh, man, that's a big one. And then, uh, you know, all the whole team ended up going to the hospital that night, you know, there in St. Louis to check on him and everything. And, you know, it was uh, – that was a, a serious time and, and a serious thing. But, you know, Alex and his dad were, you know, were super, super good sports to us in the fact that they allowed us to continue to uh, mm-hmm. to use the truck and trailer because at that point, if, if that would have gone away, like the team would have just right. basically right. evaporated. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, think, I think I was still getting the gas money from, from Alex's dad actually all through oh. uh, Supercross until outdoors. Yeah, Pad, yeah. Pad you were kind of like, I don't know if you were team manager, but – Expenses and that oh, kind yeah, of stuff was, was, I mean, it was kind of on your end, right? You were sort of holding it together as far as buying things and making sure that everything was cleaned yeah. up. And- well, like I said, at the beginning, everybody, it was every man for himself. Right. And then, um, it, it, man, am I, I don't know if I'm mistaken or not, but everybody switched a couple people, like helpers or mechanics. Like there was a couple like little switches and stuff. And then I was the only steady Eddie there. And <laughs> I just kind of basically... <laughs> I just took the reins. There was you know? no way you were letting that Pad go. was the financially responsible individual. And- right. Pad, <laughs> Pad, there was no way you were letting go of that good life. Like, no way. No way. 15 grand a year. <laughs> I'm, I'm on. Um, Sign me up. At some well, point. Pad, I got to say that at the time, I, I want to say of all the of all the, the mechanics that we had on the team, Pad was definitely the one that was like taking the whole situation pretty seriously and <laughs> making sure that, you know, okay, the truck's at the hotel on whatever day it is. Right. We're going to get there. We're going to work on the bikes. 
you know, yes. I would always show up like, you know, the day or two before a race, depending on, you know, if it was indoor outdoor type of thing. And the truck was always there, you know, and, and, you know, fortunately for me, my bikes were always being, or at least from what it looked like on the outside for myself, the bikes were being taken care of the right way. But pads kind of took that leadership role, mm-hmm. um, and, and kind of really started to wrangle everybody in and, and making sure that, you know, uh, stuff was purchased yeah. there was paper towels and there was <laughs> petrol you know right, there right. was race gas um you know if there was oils that needed to be ordered he was ordering that stuff and having it shipped out to uh to whatever hotel so he definitely took that leadership role which is you know part of the reason why he's the big badass executive he is today. yeah yeah good point <laughs> it led him on to you know dining with rossi and, and jet setting the world for Oh, Oakland. Um, Alex, I really, having having been on the team for the Nationals, I really wish your dad would have popped for the bigger motor in that Dodge Dually. Because. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> pull, pull, pull out I remember. Poor Alex's dad, dude. Your dad, man, he is a bad dude. <laughs> I, that trailer was so big. I don't even know if you know. Were you. For Gainesville, for Gatorback, were no, you part of the team I, then? I, not, a Gaines, no, yeah. not, not a Gainesville. No, not a Gainesville. Yeah, I, I, was, I was there. The oh, trailer yeah. was so big, and that Dodge Dually we had, I parked, I parked in the in the pit area at Gainesville, and I did this probably about three times. But the trailer was so big for that poor Dually, and it was a brand spanking <laughs> Dodge Dually, yeah, nice, beautiful truck. But the trailer was so big and heavy that just on flat surface in the grass, it would barely pull the trailer across the grass. And I remember, and it was a turbo, like when turbo diesel or something came out. And there was this little Teflon fitting, and every time if if it struggled a little bit, it would blow that line. And I just remember having to call your dad, going, "Dude, it blew that line again. We have to have a mechanic come out and change this whole fuel system thing." Well, um, yeah, <laughs> well, Alex. Yeah. yeah. Well, go ahead. And remember, remember the the uh, I, I melted the when, dash when you would fill the water tank up. The trailer weighed like five hundred tons. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I had to, I had to fill. I had to get the water tank and fill it up, depending on the parking area. Yeah, to be able to get out <laughs> and then dump it after the race so we could get out of it. Exactly. Padge, we took three runs at Redbud to get up that small hill going into the pits back then. We oh, it was horrible. And then I melted. I, I don't know if this is part of your questioning later, but I remember going from Minnesota to Washougal or something. Across the mountains in Montana and stuff, and I melted the poor dash. I'm not joking; like it was made of wax. I melted the dash <laughs> off the truck. The whole entire dash melted, and all the air vents, the AC vents, all that just melted. And I had to go get warranty to replace it. Your dad, Alex, was probably just going. I hope that truck and trailer is getting taken care of. I hope it's oh, good. Oh yeah, yeah. He was He was such a fan, man. He was. Uh, he was happy. To yeah, he was. Oh, was he? That's cool. Um. So at some point in Supercross, Padge, you decide to jump on Keeney's bike and ride and race against him, and things go south. Yeah, I, that was in uh, North Carolina. Okay, I, uh, we were in North Carolina, and I think we we're test. Do you remember? Did did you come to that test, Jimmy? We we're in, uh, in, uh, no, I didn't. Uh, Kings Mountain, North Carolina, or something. We we're testing there. Maybe you were there, Alex. But a few of uh, everybody's, I forget who was all there, but uh, yeah, we, I, I think it's like Henderson, Henderson, North Carolina, if I remember right. Yeah. And I think, um, what's the name? Varner from FMF flew in for it or something. <laughs> wow, big test. Yeah. We're having big test. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're having some bike trouble. So, anyways, he flew in. We had a big test. 
and uh, I think Kalos, or maybe it was you, Jimmy, you you were out or something. So I rode because we needed another rider riding the bikes for some reason. I don't know. So I suited up and rode with Corey, and Gary, I think, was there for the test. And, Gary from the dealership, Gary Goth, yeah, from the yes, dealership. Yep, yeah, yep. and he was there for the test, and I was, I was, we were just busting out laps and doing lap times, and then you know it all went south from there. Well, he got <laughs> Keeney got a little pissed, right? I mean, is that true? He got a little pissed because you were faster and people were ragging on him for it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I believe that's the way it went down. <laughs> um, but. So I just remember the phone call from Gary after we left the, there, you know, like about three days later, he, you know, he called me said, Hey, you know what? We're going to make some changes. We don't think it looks right when the mechanics faster than the rider and blah, blah, blah. Well, so we're moving you over to button and we'll, we're going to switch this up. So, well, and then Jimmy, you were fighting with cog or you fired cog or cog quit or. Yeah. So I was already fighting with cog like <laughs> massively. We just were not getting along. Like I wanted to bike a certain way. And I, I, my recollection of it and God, it's just been so long, but I, I remember him like not taking a few things like super seriously that I wanted okay. taken seriously. Cause I had started to get the season to start, you know, I was starting to ride quite mm-hmm. a bit better mm-hmm. and here's, you know, here's Paggio, who was, you know, super serious about everything and, and maybe too serious for the rider that he currently had. Yeah. And so I remember, because I think I made the call uh, to the Burnsville guys. I'm like, hey, I go, I, I want Corey's mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> I want that guy. And well, uh, and so I think that that was also part of how the whole, that whole transition came. And then, you know, I, I think – for me, that was like that was like a good turning point in the season, um, with uh, you know with with me and Paggio for sure. Um, yeah. Okay. So so yeah, it was a little bit a little bit of both. Padge, you 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 uh, riding better than Keeney, and then Button, you fighting with Cog a little bit, and kind of worked out. And then next thing yeah. you know, but, uh, Button, you got Paggio, and then I think that I entered the photo, the picture shortly after that to work for Keeney. Um, now Keeney was number thirty nine, and he had done well on the NCY team, and he had put some better, good results in. But he did struggle that year, Padge, right? Like, I mean, do you remember any standout races or anything? Or I don't know. He he was struggling. Um, and I think he had a couple injuries. He was fighting too. Yeah, and... yeah. But you yeah. you had to be pumped to go work for Jimmy. Yeah, I was super stoked. Of right. course, I knew Jimmy. You know. <clears throat> Right. Who, who he was and we got along we always got along at the races and uh right yeah it was a good deal and uh and jimmy you're, you're the big See, the funny thing about you know Paggio being faster than, than Keeney in that, that practice or test session though just as much about Paggio being just generally fast on a dirt bike as it is about Keeney struggling at the times right i remember when i first met Paggio and he came on the team I was like, great. One of our mechanics is faster than me. Play out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I know, right? Well, I just got done racing not too shortly, so it right. wasn't like I was just coming off the couch. <laughs> oh, look at Padge all downplaying it. <laughs> all downplaying it. Um, and then, uh, um, uh, so, okay, so that that was towards the end of Supercross, right? Yeah. yeah right, because I, I got hired for uh, High Point, which was the first East Coast National. So there'd already been Gainesville, and there'd already been – one Glenn Helen, Glenn Helen. Okay, yeah, it had already been Glenn Helen then. Yeah. So, yep. so then I came on board after that as Keeney's as Keeney's mechanic for like I said three hundred dollars a a month, and <clears throat> I was told about this Alex guy whose truck and trailer it was when we weren't going up those big hills and we were doing twenty. 
Padge was like, I wish Alex Dow would have got the bigger motor. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it's it's interesting. Or a smaller trailer. Yeah, or a smaller <laughs> trailer, right? Now, um, do you guys remember at some point money was so tight that I don't know if it was Alex's dad or it was Gary or it was G- Jimmy. I don't know if it was you. I don't know who it was, but we were selling rides on the team. You could be a member of the we team. Were, yeah. We were basically selling graphic kits for, and, like, and you, and bike transportation. And you got to put yeah. – you got to be a member of our team. How? What, what was going on? <laughs> I don't think anybody did that back then. No, another trendsetter. Another trendsetting move. <laughs> you know, we started that whole deal only because we couldn't make it to the next race. We had uh, uh, Shane Slaughter for a while. We had Ortner, yep. a guy named John Ortner. Yep. Didn't we take Numac bikes? Some we too? took Numac. I don't. I doubt Numac paid though. Pads. You probably just took them. Yeah, I think that was a bro deal. <laughs> right. I was, did I say that on here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I might owe. I might owe your dad money, Alex. Yeah, <laughs> Alex. Do you have any idea how much your dad put into this thing? Besides, of course, the truck and trailer. That that. I mean, is this, uh, you know? I, I have no idea, but it's probably more than it would have been to do a full privateer <laughs> session on our own. But, right, uh, right. I, I think. Yeah. He was, he was afraid to ever add it up. Um. Tell me you still have the truck and trailer. Can I come visit it? Is it is it somewhere where I can maybe do it? It's tour? burnt down. You burned it down. I, I, I almost <laughs> did. Um, you don't you don't still have it, Alex? It's for no, it's, it's long gone. It should be it should be in some kind of museum somewhere. Else, but, uh, uh, the, the trailer, Alex. Do you remember Steve burning it down? No, Alex was, wasn't. Ar- he, he wasn't around then. He was gone. I never met Alex. Uh. He was already hurt. Yeah, was, I was gone, but I do remember the trailer like breaking in half at some point. Though we had to we had yeah. to the front of it together. Yeah, and, and well, uh, everyone's yeah. everyone's fifth wheel broke down that year and a <laughs> half at some point. I remember when the Great Western guys broke. We were like, "Oh man, man, we're so stoked that we didn't build our own trailer. Like ours is never going to break." And then literally, like with right. five or six nationals ago, I get this phone call and the trailer had snapped yep. in half. <laughs> I was stuck in the middle of the road with it just completely the fifth wheel front just snapped like where that sleeper looking area is yeah. on the trailer and that you, was going towards the sky and what what you were driving patch <laughs> what what did you hit a bump or what what just no just, i was pulling into the gas station so i was blocking the whole road in the entrance to the gas station <laughs> it just was sitting there just broke and, oh it was horrible uh, <laughs> how, how, how long was that trailer i forget it was 39 feet it was a drag race trailer like it was yeah it was, a oh, it was so it was so big. Okay, so that made that. So yeah, it was huge, and now I know it was a drag race trailer. Perfect. That does make sense now. I, I always did wonder that. Um, I, I mean, I don't know if it was a drag race trailer, but it's oh. the same trailer that you would bring a, a oh. stretch, you know, with a top fuel <laughs> dragster in. Right. No, it was. We bought it. We bought it from a race car guy that had a, that a top fuel. Yeah. And Alex, you guys did the inside. You paid for all those cabinets and everything, or who did the, who paid for that? Yeah, we, that, I, that was another one of those things. I, I think we even finished that after the first race or two. If I remember right, we went to Orlando. I'm not even sure we had cabinets in there. It yet. Was, we didn't. It, we had everything in bins, plastic bins. <laughs> yeah, those plastic bins. I think it got. I think that thing got put together on the way back to Anaheim. Yeah, because yeah. the cabinet maker was in uh, was in Anaheim, so I think before Anaheim, it was it was at the cabinet maker throwing the cabinets in there. Welcome back to America, yeah. Jimmy. Here, here's some here's some buckets. Sit on one of these bins and get changed, and then uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> then uh, you know, pretty much. Uh, the extreme gear fit so well too back then. It was such well made stuff. 
Um, and, but you know what else the, we the did? Funny, hey, the funny thing about all of it is, right, like, there was, like, call it a shit show, whatever you want to say, but, like, all of us wanted to be there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Through yeah. through yeah. everything. The mechanics wanted to work on the bikes and wanted to travel and be on the road. Us 100%. riders, you know, we wanted to do the best that we could. And we were all, everybody, mm-hmm. you know, especially in the beginning, everyone was pretty excited every single weekend when we got to the races. And, you know, all of us mm-hmm. helping out to, you know, the, the riders to, to build the tent up, to get the bikes, you know, set mm-hmm. up and make our pits look as good as we could. I mean, we were all pretty proud of what we had been able to pull off. So, you know, kind of all For joking sure. aside, I mean, we were all pretty excited yeah. about what we had created, yeah. you know, truly. Especially when you look at the average age of everybody was about 22 years old or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, to the extent, you know, some of these stories are, you know, make it sound like a shit show behind the scenes. I think in the front, we looked pretty good. Like, we looked pretty good in the public. Our bikes looked <laughs> right. good. Everyone had yeah. cool, we had, we had cool setups, uh, cool t-shirts, cool jackets, shirts. Our truck looked good. The camping looked good when it was up. It was just all the stuff yeah. behind the scenes that was a shit show. It's stuff no one knows. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, so I got, I got the job. I started working for Keeney. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's not, he's struggling. And, uh. Padge and I, I'm learning the ropes from Padge. I want to be a pro mechanic. I knew Shane Drew, so it was, you know, that was sort of the guy I wanted to be like, Shane Drew. And then uh, Padge was showing me the way. I was definitely making him laugh along the way. I'm working for Keeney. I'm working for Keeney. He's struggling. And I don't remember, Padge, where we went from point A to point B, but it was you and I, and it was a long-ass drive, and I didn't get to tear his frame down to paint it that week. Yeah. And, and he comes up at the race, and he's like, the first thing he says is, you didn't paint my frame? And I'm like, no, dude, we were just, we were so busy driving across, you know, 30 hours, 20 hours and whatever. We just didn't, I didn't get around to painting your frame this week or whatever. Um, but, you know, you got a new piston and ring or whatever it was. And he's just like, you got to paint that frame. And I'm like, bro, you're not even in the top 20. And that was, oh, that was not, that was not good. That was the kind of, two weeks later, Unadilla, three, two or three weeks right later at Unadilla, he shows up with his dad and he goes, hey, my dad's going to work for me from now on. And I'm like, oh, so I'm fired. I guess just like that. <laughs> just, that's how it happened. My first real like look at pro moto, you know, and uh, yeah, and then so then Padge, you were like, "Hey, Kalos needs a guy. He's right. He's five feet over." And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, just over. right. So I, I that water bottle. So here, you, so you know, like you know how Sean. Here. Hey, you know how Sean was. I was like, "Hey, Sean, uh, I just got fired. Uh, uh, can I work for you?" And he's okay. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, so sh- working for Kalos. He would show up 30 seconds before practice, and, yeah. and then when I got – I'm not kidding you. The two races I worked for him, when I got back to the bike after the moto – He was gone. He was gone with a note that said, thanks for your help, change clutch, change oil. Like, it was – I think I was a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> was, but, but then, Houdini. like, my first race with him, he went 11-11 at Unadilla. So I'm like, holy shit, screw Keeney. I'm Team Kalos. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's kind of funny along the way. But Jimmy, um, the the team really like you took a risk and it, it cost you money out of your pocket and everything else. But without the PJ one team, you know, you got your you 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 did well that year. You earned yourself national number uh, eighteen, and yep, and yep. you got to ride with Chaparral. Like it kind of started your climb back in America. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it was. Trust me, man, it was uh, it was a gamble for me because I had, you know, I'd made a lot of money in Europe and I had another really good contract sitting in front of me. But, you know, like I said before, 
I knew I had this last window of opportunity if I was going to, you know, kind of make my my American racing dreams, you know, a, a real reality. Um, and so, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, what Reedy's done with himself, I, you know, I said, the hell with it. I'm going to gamble on myself. Right. You know, I believed in myself enough that I could get the job done. And, um, you know, and the results weren't great. I mean, I think my best result of the, of the year uh, was actually at Millville. I think I went 4-4 four, four for fourth overall. Um you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, me and Padge, we had some good races. We had a, I remember we had this funny little thing. It kind of sucked because it was so hot and humid, but I DNF both motos at, uh, at Troy because I ran out of gas both motos. Oh, because Padge. Some little, some little floaty thing in, inside the, 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 yeah, the one-way yeah, one like, valve yeah, thing. thing. I, yeah. I ran out of gas with like a lap and a half to go both motos. Oh, um, Padge. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, I mean, it's like those experiences and, and kind of going through that, you know, it toughens you up and it, it makes you uh, wiser to the world, that's for sure. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know. We lost a seat know, somewhere, too. <laughs> what's that? We lost a seat somewhere, too. <laughs> yeah, that was at Chaparral the next year. Oh, okay. I, I remember by the end, uh, Kalos had gotten hurt. I, I'd worked for a Guatemalan kid at one of the races. Um I remember we were so low on parts, like it was like, hey, we don't have any left side uh, shroud graphics. Mm, I'm going to just, I'm going to leave my old one on, but I'm going to go got a bunch of rights, so I'm going to put a right one on this week. <laughs> it was just like getting to the end of, as the team went on pageant, you were there from the beginning, by the end, and I didn't make it to the very last two races, by the end pageant, yep. it, was, it was skeleton crew. It was, thing was falling apart. I remember calling well, yeah, my yeah. dad to put more money in my on my on my personal credit card so I could buy gas and get the truck to the last couple races because it was uh, yeah. I, I wasn't getting paid. And then I remember calling Gary at Burnsville saying, "Listen, I'm driving this truck to this last race, and then I'll be at your place, and I won't leave your place until I get my money." And <laughs> did you get it? Yeah, he ended up paying me. Oh, yeah, I, I, I think I got shorted out a little bit too, somewhere along the line. But, but um, I mean, he wasn't doing it as no, a mean thing. No, it's just the well, the well went dry. Yeah, yeah. yeah Keeney yeah. was gone. Kalos was gone. Alex, you were hurt. Yeah. You weren't racing. Like it was by the end. Yeah, it was, me and Demi were moving on to Chaparral. And, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We had already we had already signed. So me and Padge had already signed our deals to go to Chaparral with like I think with like maybe four four yeah. races or five races to go in the outdoor series. So we already kind of like saw the light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> right, and I remember right. talking past like, all right, dude, we only got to get through a few more of these, man. We're down to like this little 12 foot white <laughs> box trailer, um, yeah. you know, and the, the dually was still working and we had, you know, some parts left and everything else. And at that point, yeah. I mean, I think we had actually got the bike working pretty good and, you know, I was I was having some really good motos. Every moto was inside the top ten and two fifty class, and was yep. you know we, we were making some progress, and we were like, man, we just got to get through it, and then uh, then it's you know kind of greener pastures from there. Okay, so wait, I'm confused. So when I left the team, it was Washugo. Yep. There was a black trailer with the big long trailer. What happened? Yeah, but and then after that, we we got rid because the team went so skeleton. Uh, yeah. we, at the end, I think it was just me and you, Jimmy. I but, think I think the but, last race was just me and you. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, I went by and got a trailer, a, a, just a smaller trailer, since it was, since it was just us. Oh, okay. Alex, did you, you remember any of that? 
Yeah, I remember the last few races, as I recall, because I wasn't there, but I remember right. it was just about getting Jimmy through the last couple rounds. <laughs> just, I believe yeah. it was the, the rent-a-ride thing had run its course. There was nobody left to buy graphics to rent-a-ride. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I was capable of coming out, right? So it was just get Jimmy there and, uh, and, and hauling that big trail around just for, for Jimmy and Paggio to carry a bike and a toolbox didn't seem to make sense. Yeah, because uh, yeah. Keeney, I, I guess Keeney got hurt or, or, or he quit or I don't remember, but Kalos, like I said, I was working for Kalos. We were going to take over the world. We were doing pretty well. And then he crashes, and he goes, I broke my hand. I'm like, no, you didn't, because I knew that would be the end of me. There's no way I'm sticking around. <laughs> he's like, I broke my hand. I'm like, no, Sean, no, it's fine. You're, 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 I'll see you next weekend. And he's like, I, he's like, I broke my hand. And so I, that's it. I never saw him again until I did that podcast with him, like, maybe six months ago. But uh, um, never spoken to him after well, that. Well, I think, Pabs, I, I, I think – like with a lot of the guys getting hurt and whatnot, I mean, I, I think didn't Gary like sell? Weren't, didn't we basically sell everything out of that trailer except for what we needed to do the last couple of races for the <laughs> last little bit of money that we could possibly round up? Yeah, all the lights uh, or lights, all the one twenty five parts and all that we parted out and sold. <laughs> and then that's, that's when I went by Burnsville to pick up that little white trailer. That's uh-huh. when I, I told him I'm not leaving to finish the series until I get my money. Right. And finally, he he, I had to wait there because it was like on a Friday night and the banks weren't open or something. So I had to wait there, and then I had to, you know, hightail it to the next race. I was almost like I almost didn't right. get there in time because I was waiting to get paid before I would drive out of out of Burnsville. <laughs> and Alex, at some point, the truck and trailer made it back to you in Arizona at some point. Yeah, yeah. It, somehow it did make it back. A few more miles and, uh, and it's, a few more cracks in the trailer, but it made it back. The, the, the dash is melted. I melted a cabinet when I put a torch down when I was doing main bearings. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as soon as we got back, we sold it. I don't know where that truck is now, but probably in a great yeah. Yeah, uh, um, Padge, we were Gotta taking be. New Mac too near the end. Yeah, somewhere New Mac was in there with his wife and kid and all that, and that was fun. Yeah. We were selling rides. Remember we actually, <laughs> didn't we, I recall I uh, let a couple uh, different companies, maybe Wiseco and and somebody else, like uh, we would haul Sunstar. their stuff around. And then they, Sunstar, and they would, they would yeah. send their rep at the end. Was it Lou? Wasn't it Lou Lopez? It was. It would have been Lou. Yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah, I would haul their parts around for them, and they would fly to the race, and then they would, you know, vend out mm-hmm. of the trailer, out the back side of the trailer. <laughs> and we got like a couple hundred bucks for it. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it it was a rough rough end of the year for sure. I could see that coming. But hey, like I said, uh, uh, it's it real. Turned head. It the bikes looked good. The gear looked good. Um. There's no doubt about it. Well, hey, uh, uh, guys, thanks for thanks for doing this. A little trip down memory lane of PJ1 uh, Extreme Yamaha. Uh, Jimmy, like we said, it really it helped you out a lot and got you back to where eventually being back to being a factory rider and a race winner and all that kind of stuff. And, Alex, it was probably uh, not the greatest experience for you or your dad's pocketbook, but it was still you were a major part of it. So Yeah, it, it was a good time, though. And, and Padge, uh, it launched you onto a, a mechanicing career, and you were a factory cowie the next year after uh, after you worked for Jimmy. And now, of course, yeah. you know you're a big shot at Oakley. So I don't know about a big shot, but and I'm at Oakley. I went from burning the trailer yeah. down to being and a mechanic. I mean, hey, and I, I I gotta like I gotta repeat it. Like there is absolutely <laughs> zero chance that this would have happened without Alex and his pops. We, um, oh, for sure. you know, there's no way possible that we, we could have pulled all this off. So if it wasn't, um, if it wasn't for their generosity and, 
and uh, you know his love dad's for sport. love yeah. for the sport and and love for for all of us because we were kind of like all of us. We were all so young, right? Because we were all kind of the same age. Myself, Padge, like the whole crew. Mm-hmm. We were all kind of his kids, right? So you know, if it wasn't for uh, if it wasn't for him, man, we all this would have never happened. And uh, you know, who who knows what career paths would have taken? You know, kind of all of us. So. Um, yes. You know, that's that's one thing that uh, that can't be lost in all this, that's for sure. The great ones like Great Western Bank and PJ1 are one and done. They just leave their excellence, you know, and then they just they, – they, they, <laughs> go, go big in the first year and that's all. That's and all. then flame out. <laughs> like, I, I don't remember there being any negotiations for, P, for a PJ1 team in 97. It didn't seem like there was, no. there was ever going to – No, there wasn't. We knew the fate of it. <laughs> right. Although Stevenson, Stevenson rode those – Mexican and Texas Supercrosses as a member of the team. He had the jersey anywhere in the gear. Hey, so yeah. so did me and Padge. Oh, okay. That's right. Oh, so the team kept going yeah. just as far as the gear anyways, right? Yeah, it was uh, San Antonio the week after uh, the week after uh, Steel City. Oh, jeez. That's when you introduced – I think you introduced me for my first In-N-Out burger then. <laughs> there you go. Memor- yeah. Memories. Uh, all right. Hey, guys. Alex, Ma- Alex Michaelia, Jimmy Button, Anthony Paggio, thanks for taking the time to do this. I think the listeners are going to dig it. Uh, like I said, they, they, they love this kind of stuff. And I really appreciate you all taking the time to do this. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thank thanks you for guys. having us, Steve. Hey, appreciate good. it. All right. See you guys. Jimmy, I talk to you all the time. Great talking to you, Alex. Hope you're doing yeah, well. Yeah, you too, Paggio. I'm going to hear your voice, man. All right, buddy. Yeah. We'll see you. See you, Alex. Later, man. See you guys. See you, Jimmy. This has been the BTOsports.com podcast show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Sorbic is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane, Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, and I know from personal experience, 
Did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride and you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 500 more great motocross podcasts. The days and the months and the